Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, everybody, and welcome inside the Matrix for this inaugural, very first, number one, very special episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. I'm so excited you've joined me here today, wherever you may be listening from. If you don't know, my name is Adam Levy, and I will be your host through each and every journey we take through the Matrix. Now, you might be wondering, what do we do inside the Matrix? Well, Inside the Matrix, I'll attempt to uncover how your favorite National Lacrosse League's players, coaches, and teams are able to achieve such great success. And in my opinion, there's no better barometer of success than, drumroll please, statistical data. Now, I know you must really be thinking, Adam, am I going to have to sit here and listen to you list a bunch of numbers and data for the next 30 minutes, or are we going to have some fun? And first I'd say, numbers are always fun. But in all seriousness, I'm here on a mission to collect insight from NLL coaches, players, and analysts that will hopefully further help us appreciate how well a player or team is doing or has done in their NLL career. But instead of me just explaining how things are going to be inside the Matrix, Why not sit down and buckle up while we dive, but not into the crease, into the first quest for understanding. Now each journey in the Matrix will begin with a number, and this week's number is 122.4. Are you ready? So let's take the dive. When the Colorado Mammoth drafted RIT graduate Ryan Lee 25th overall in the third round of the 2017 NLL entry draft, there were high hopes that he could produce at the level he did in university. Lee finished his time at RIT having totaled more goals, 237, and more points, 373, than any other lacrosse player in school history. Now, just in his fourth NLL season, Ryan is challenging professional lacrosse records as he's on pace for 122.4 points this year, which would be the second most this season only to the Buffalo Bandits' Dane Smith, who is on track to record 126 points. Whether rounding up to 123 points or rounding down to 122 points, that would be the fourth highest total in NLL history if we assume that Dane Smith continues his pace. It just so happens that Dane set the record for most points in an NLL season in 2016 with 137. But what separates Lee from the rest of his offensive counterparts is the overall impact his presence and his production on the floor has given the Mammoth this season. As Mammoth head coach Pat Coyle explained to me, because of how involved Ryan is on the floor, the Mammoth offense seems to go as Ryan goes. Part of it, I think, is he gets so many touches. Like, the ball goes through him all the time on the right-hand side. And like I said, he's on the floor so much that uh, I I think it's just a matter of if someone scores, it's, it, he's touched it. It's impossible to deny how involved Ryan Lee is on this mammoth offense. He leads the team with 34 points, which is the fifth most in the NLL. It's also 10 more points than the next most on his team. 
Eli McLaughlin has 24 points. And then compared to the other Mammoth players on the right-hand side, he has 24 more points than Tyler Digby, who has 10 points. For reference, only the Georgia Swarms' Lyle Thompson has more points between him and the next best scorer on a team. He has 13 more points than Jordan Hall. Yet, as Lee has said, it's only a matter of time before the core of he, Tyler Digby, Zed Williams, and Sam LeClaire, who haven't had a lot of time to blend together, will figure it out as they become more productive on that right-hand side. Yeah, we just have to work together. Um, I think we have some uh, from some lapses in the game where uh, we kind of forget what we're doing out there. So I think just more consistency, especially on the right side. I mean, Digger and Zed and Sam McClare, I mean, they're amazing players. We just have to kind of find how we can connect better and we can, uh, we can score more goals over there. But, I mean, it's working for us so far. Our left side's great with uh, Wardle, Connor Robinson, and Eli. So um, they know what to do. It's just we, we're, we're still finding our own, I think. When you take a step back and actually think about it, even though the Mammoth are still trying to find cohesion on that right side, this weekend, in week 10 of the season, they have a chance to move to 5-1 and one in their first six games when they face their Western Conference rivals, the Calgary Roughnecks. And if we crack open those dusty history books... If we go back as far as the days when the Mammoth were the Washington Power, or even before that when they were the Baltimore Thunder when this league was still in its infancy in the late 1980s, the organization only started 5-1 and one or better in its first six games five different times. The last time they did it was 2012. That happens to be the year that John Grant Jr. won MVP with this Colorado Mammoth team, and the team started 6-0. and the Mammoth's Eli McLaughlin, who has been one of the most reliable offensive spark plugs for the Mammoth, is hopeful that, in time, that right side will find its chemistry because he believes that it's the most unselfish team that he's ever been on. It just so happens that Ryan Lee had an NLL best 10 assists game just a few weeks ago, and he's averaging the fifth most assists per game in the league at four dimes per game. Lee is also the first person with 10 assists or more in a game since Dane Smith had 11 helpers in February of 2019. I think this is one of the most unselfish offenses I've ever played on. Not saying that offenses I've been on before haven't been unselfish, but it just seems everyone on the team is, you know, they're working hard for each other. And I think that's going to be a huge thing going forward. Going back to the number of the week for just one moment, if Lee were to reach 122 or even 123 points, it would be the most by a Mammoth player in team history, surpassing that 2012 MVP campaign by John Grant Jr. that I mentioned earlier. He had 116 points that year. Lee is honored to even be mentioned with the likes of someone like John Grant Jr., but to him, what matters most is that the team keeps winning. To be put in the same conversation as John Grant Jr. is uh, is something uh, pretty special. But I mean, it's it's just points, and we just have to keep working together as a total offensive unit. And I mean, it doesn't matter about my points; it doesn't matter about just one individual guy. It's uh, it's it's the whole offensive group putting goals in and us winning games. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Reaching 122 points would be spectacular, but other players have done it before. Something that has never been done before, though, is a player reaching more than 50 goals and collecting more than 70 assists. Lee is on pace to be the first player in NLL history to do both. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 
No, I'm not kidding you, NLL and TSN analyst Pat Gregoire. Lee is set to reach both marks with 51 goals and 72 assists if he continues to do what he's been doing since the beginning of the year. Having seen his growth as a player up close and personal through his actions and demeanor on and off the floor over the last few years, it's no surprise that Pat Coyle thinks that Lee is a top-tier player. Everyone in this league is talent, talented, and then there's elite talent. And I think Ryan, again, like what I said, that's what Ryan wants to be. He actually wants to be an elite talent. I think he's the names that are mentioned, you know, whenever they, you talk about the best players in the league, he wants his name there. And uh, I wouldn't say necessarily for for himself, but, you know, he wants that so we can win. And uh, that, to me, is part of what drives him to be better every year. Like, he's just, you can see that he, he's watching and seeing what works and what doesn't work and learning from that. And I think I'd like to think that some of the coaching, you know, with having Sean Williams there and then Jason this year that, um, and he's listening to, you know, those guys that it just makes him better in that as well. Like that, give him credit for that, that he's, uh, a little open-minded every more year, every year, I think too. And that just, you know, if, if we come in with a growth mindset and not a closed mindset, we're, we're going to get better. And, uh, you, you really see that in him. Lee has been working very hard to become the player that he's showing us he can be and owes a lot of his offensive success to both the offensive coaches that he's played under in the NLL, Sean Williams and now Jason Bishop. Going into that second season, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, the off season, I, I put the work in and 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 realized that every player in this league is is amazing lacrosse player. So um, to come back, um, we we got uh, Sean Williams as our offensive coach, and he he kind of gave me the confidence, and he he kind of he let me be the the guy for a bunch of plays and it helped, it helped boost my own confidence, confidence to make me the player that I am now. And, um, he was a big part of that. So we miss him, but yeah, we have, we have Bish now who's, who's been awesome so far. I mean, he knows, he knows tons of offensive sets. He's, he's, he knows a bunch of, uh, of, of, of plays that he's put in so far and he understands what, what type of players each, each guy is. So that's helping us big time. Each year that he has been in the league, Lee has increased his points per game total each season. He went from 1.8 points per game in his rookie year up to 3.2 the next and then 4.6 and is now averaging 6.8 points per game, which is only behind Dane Smith and the New York Riptide's Jeff Teat. Teat is averaging a remarkable 7.75 points per game over his four games. Yet, one thing that differentiates Lee from the guys I just mentioned is how well he's shooting the ball. Lee ranks third in the NLL in shooting percentage among the league's top 10 scorers, hitting the back of the net 22.6% of the time. That's only behind the San Diego Seals' Dane Doby and the Riptides' Connor Kiernan. Kiernan is shooting at a very high clip of 30.4%. If you put together all the data that we've covered... It's hard to imagine Ryan Lee as anything but an elite player, maybe even MVP worthy. If you could humor me for a moment, because I know that we're still very, very early in the season. If Lee were to win MVP, 
he would be doing so having just turned 28 years old. Only 11 players in league history have won MVP at 28 years old or younger. Three are Hall of Famers, Colin Doyle, John Tavares, and Gary Gate, while most of the others, in my opinion, are destined to at least be contenders for the Hall by the time they retire. Players such as Mark Matthews, Lyle Thompson, Dane Smith, Cody Jamison, Sean Evans, Jeff Shatler, and Dan Dawson. Now it's time to bring in our analyst of the week to help provide even more context and understanding to everything that we've covered today. This week, we have a guy that knows the mammoth just a little bit better than the rest of us because he was the play-by-play announcer for the team for many years. Welcome NLL and TSN lacrosse analyst Teddy Jenner as he shares his thoughts on how Lee has grown into the player he is today. Having watched Ryan, you know, since he first came into the league, he's always been a guy that has had confidence. And and that's one thing that's always impressed upon me. He, he, it's, when I say he's never seen a shot he doesn't like, he's not one of those guys that'll just shoot for the sake of shooting. He always has a motive behind his shots. He never really forces shots, but he really believes that every time he shoots the ball, it's going to go in the net. And that confidence goes a long way in the way that he plays because everybody knows that he is going to do everything he can to find himself open and get open and find those spots. He's also going to work for loose balls. He's also going to work in the pick-and-roll game to help get guys open. He's not one-dimensional, and that's what makes him so versatile is that he can beat you from the outside with that wicked outside laser shot, or he can beat you underneath and go dive across streets, or he can find a loose ball in front and skip it across for that extra one-time pass. So when you watch Adam, sorry, when you watch Ryan play, you understand the guy that, is very situationally aware of everything that's going around him. You know, we used to live by the model here in Victoria through the great Chris Hall of what's next. And and Ryan Lee gets that, whether his team's down, whether his team's up, he's always in the moment of what's next. And and that allows him to not only have high success at a shooting rate, but it also allows him to have the success as a teammate because he's never taking a shift off he always understands the clock and the awareness of who's where, who's on the floor, who's not. And he uses those things to his advantage. And and ever since he's come into the National Crossing, he's just continually gotten better. And really, you can look at it as that Colorado offense is a Ryan Lee run offense. He may not be the overall floor general, but that offense goes through Ryan Lee. And teams have to focus on Ryan Lee. But when you add Zed Williams and you add Tyler Digby and Chris Wardle and Eli McLaughlin, now Connor Robinson, um, that offense just has so many weapons, you can't just focus on Ryan. So it's allowing Ryan more space and more floor time and more looks because he's not just the one weapon. So I think his success comes from his, his natural ability, uh, his floor and game sense and his awareness of lacrosse IQ, but it's also the system that he's in. Um, he's blossoming under this new regime in, in Colorado um, with Bishop running that offense and the addition of Zed Williams and, you know, the the uptick of Connor Robinson production. So Ryan Lee is benefiting from everything that's around him. Thanks, Teddy. So now you've heard it all. Do you think that Ryan Lee is potentially going to be this year's NLL MVP? Or at least an NLL MVP contender? Maybe something less than that? 
Based on this week's Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll, which you can find on my Twitter feed each week at Adam Levy Sports, 33% of you think that Dane Doby would win the MVP if the season ended before Week 10 games. 22% of you chose Lee, and 20% chose Dane Smith. 25% of you voters chose the option of other. I'm very interested to hear who you choose. Let me know if anything you've heard this week changes your mind. Unfortunately, our time is running out. But before we leave the Matrix, let's not forget how many different players are accomplishing extraordinary feats each and every week. Here are just a few of the most significant milestones that were achieved last week. Special congratulations to the Halifax Thunderbirds' Steph LeBlanc for reaching 500 assists and to the Buffalo Bandit Steve Priolo for reaching 1,000 loose balls. Congrats, guys. This coming week, we might see a few more milestones hit, so here's some of the big ones to look out for. The Nighthawk Sean Evans needs one goal to pass Josh Sanderson for ninth all-time with 450. The Georgia Swarms' Jordan McIntosh needs 16 faceoff wins to pass Stephen Hoare for sixth most in league history. Ryan Banesh needs two goals to pass Mark Steenhouse for sixth all-time with 460. And Tyler Burton needs four faceoff wins to pass Rodney Tapp for 10th all-time with 1,119 faceoff wins. Well, guys, what a journey into the Matrix it's been. I have to say I'm truly humbled and honored that you've joined me for this journey with me this week. I hope you enjoyed yourself, learned something, and maybe even had some fun along the way. Jumping into the Matrix can be a jarring experience for sure, so if you have any questions or comments about this experience you just had, please let me know on Twitter at Adam Levy Sports. I'm sure I can help you out. Thank you again to all the people that have made this podcast possible, the Lacrosse Flash for supporting this endeavor, all the players, coaches, and analysts that helped out, and finally to the NLL's Director of Statistics, Rob Benson, for helping me ensure that the information that's provided to you is as accurate as possible. Thanks to all of you. Until next time, think about what stats make your story great. This has been the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast.